Hi everyone, thank you for downloading this brand new episode of Series 3 of the What The Fort Led podcast. Every week, Rob and I are going to bring you some inspirational stories from our amazing running community, along with some laughs and nonsense from us. Now before we get started, if you enjoy the show today, there's a few ways that you can support us. Firstly, wherever it is that you get your podcast, please subscribe. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review and a rating. It goes a long, long way to making our show more visible to other people who may enjoy it as well. Yeah, we're really active on social media, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or contact us directly through our dedicated email address. All the info is in our bio. Give us a follow, share with your friends, and come and have a chat with us. Now, if this is your first time listening, we have got a massive, massive back catalogue of shows available, including the entirety of Series 1 and Series 2. They're all free to listen to at your leisure. Some great episodes in there with some incredible guests, and we're really, really proud of them. So go on, check them out, and let us know what you think. Lastly, Rob is still on the fundraising grind on the way to Berlin Marathon, all in support of Prostate Cancer UK. We've raised over 500 quid so far, and we'll be embarking on some more wacky challenges throughout the series to support him. So keep your eyes peeled, share the story, and get involved where you can. Most importantly, if you can spare some change, then head over to our Just Giving page, Link is on our social media in our bio. Any donations are gratefully received. Hey, I'm getting good at this, aren't I? Oh, gets better every time, mate. Hit the music! Are you alone, groupie, and are you enjoy your run? Back to take it easy, you're sure not like a gun. Whatever your ability is, it's a place to be. So welcome to the world of both like run community. If you're 17, 25, push it in your tail. Come along, join us, this is the place for you. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, and I'm feeling, feeling good. Bom, 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 bom. We're back! <laughs> back stronger, back getting. We're, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Series 3, Episode 1 of the What The Fartlet Podcast. My name is Rob. And I am Matt. And... I've missed you, man, I've missed you. Mate, I've missed you too. I mean, I've seen you loads, but I, I've missed you in a podcast capacity. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing, dude? You all right? Yeah, all, all good, man. All good. Fantastic. How are you? Yeah, well, thank you, man. Happy to be back in front of a microphone and recording. We've had some lovely, lovely messages from people uh, saying that they missed us on Thursday when we were away. Uh, we're, we're only away for a week. We're back now. Uh, I think they missed the girls more, mate, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of feedback. That that is almost definitely going to be a recurring feature, I think, because uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be strung up if it isn't. But uh, but you've got us in the short term, and I tell you what, Matt, I've been super excited. We've not been away on our jollies, have we? We have been planning and planning and planning how we can make this series even better than the last one. So what what why don't you tell them what we've got coming up this series? Yeah, man, we've got lo- loads of new guests, some great guests on this this series as we have on. Past series series of the show, uh, amazing stories. New mate Matt run, yeah, challenge man. Matt, challenge Matt. Sorry, standard sorry. Brian Brian Blessed there. Oh, Brian Blessed. <laughs> you getting that one off, off, off to the just, start? Just yeah, get gotta get challenge Matt. <laughs> hey, that's good. I like that. Is that gonna I be it? Is yeah. it be... Can you do Brian Blessed? I take over with Brian Blessed a lot. Challenge Matt. No, mine, mine's better. Yeah. Challenge Matt and Brian Blessed. Uh, Jack, can you do Brian Blessed? 
<laughs> oh, I'll give it a go. I'm not as deep as you. Okay. I'm Brian Blessed. Challenge, Matt. No, that was awful. Go, go, go. go. I, haven't, I haven't got a deep voice. It was I just you. It just sounded like you. Go back on mute and practice. Be better. Uh, right, yes, yeah, sorry. So we've got uh, Challenge, Matt. Featured yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently featuring Brian Blessed. What else have we got? Uh, obviously, the same usual fun and antics from us. Yeah. Like we've just been showing you. Uh, good news stories. And maybe, just maybe, there may be a surprise visit. From the big man himself. Oh, not Santa Claus. Maybe Santa. No. No. Easter no. Bunny. No. Keep going. Tooth, tooth Fairy. <laughs> You're getting closer. Is the abominable that, that kind of mythical creature. The abominable snowman. <laughs> Don't eat yellow snow. Don't eat yellow snow. What a segue. Uh, <laughs> go on, put me out of misery. Who are we expecting a call from? Well, some say. Oh! I ain't got one set up, so I can't carry that one. one. You haven't thought of one? Uh, Yeah, it's that man, John. Yeah, he's off off travelling the world, isn't he? I wonder what exotic places he's going to turn up in. (laughs) Not Ipswich, Ipswich, hopefully. Yeah, that was a pretty poor start. Uh, So that's what we've got coming up in the series, my fine four-foot friend. But what have we got coming up today? Because we have got a doozy to kick things off with, including... Our biggest guest ever? Yeah, well, you could you could say that. I think all of his guests have been awesome, though, Rob, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But this guy has achieved yeah. something pretty spectacular, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. So we've got, we've got Nick Butter, a mar- man who's completed a marathon on every country in the world. Amazing. Mm. Looking forward That's to that. 196, I think it was, isn't yeah. it? Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we've got Nick Buster on the show, uh, obviously talking about the, some recent running news, Barclay Marathon, whatever that is. Uh, you're going to probably inform me in a minute. Mm. Uh, the Olympic Marathon trials, which were quite interesting. Yeah, Jack's going to jump on for that, I think. Yeah, good news story, mate, Matt Run, and all that sort of stuff. And then the, the usual thank yous at the end. Oh, I think it's going to be a good one. So, yeah. So don't you know about the Barclay Marathon series? No, no, no. So uh, the first I heard about it was when you text me saying we're talking about the Barclay Marathon series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a, so it's an ultra marathon, man, and it's the kookiest, weirdest thing you will ever encounter. But it's pretty amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, it's all it's all built around. It's in Tennessee, and it's not advertised, and it's a hundred mile trail marathon, ultra yeah. marathon, right? And it's meant to be one of the most physical demand. It's meant to be up there with MDS, right? It's meant to be one of the most challenging oh. ultras that you can do. And um, it's all based around. So the guy who killed Martin Luther King, right, mm. escaped from the local penitentiary in Tennessee. Yeah. And he went scampering, scampering through these mountains. Yeah. And he got he only managed about eight miles in two and a half days before they found him. <laughs> Jesus. Right? And on the back of it, this guy has just been like, that was crap. I can do better than that. <laughs> so, he, so, he, so he made this 100-mile ultramarathon. And, mate, it's the most bizarre thing in the world, but it's amazing. Like, they start the race by lighting a cigarette, and then you go <laughs> off. There's, there's no aid stations. It's four lap, five laps, five 20-mile laps. Jack will keep me right. honest if I'm wrong there. Um... He's nodding. Five twenty mile laps, and what happens is you get like you get a different race number every lap, right? 
and then to prove that you've gone round the course correctly, because you have to navigate yourself around this like mountain yeah. range. Um, they hide these books along the way, and you've got to tear off the page that corresponds to your race number in the book. But you right. get a different race number every lap, so ah. they just tear them all off at once. Wow, that's it's quite bad. interesting. That's <laughs> right, good. It's that's really good. But yeah, so and get on this right. If you complete, I think it's three laps, so sixty miles, and get don't no, nobody like nobody finishes. Like I think there's been like twelve finishes or wow. something. Thirty odd years. Bloody hard race then. Yeah. So this year, uh, nobody finished. Right. Uh, Jared Campbell and Luke Nelson, they finished three laps, which is sixty miles, well. and they were labelled as fun run finishers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So if you um, if if you finish sixty miles, you you get you get you get a fun run label. And um, the entry fee is really cheap but you've got to bring like a, a number plate from the city you live in right. like, and you've got to give like you've got to give like gifts like this sounds hopes. like crazy 15 people jack's just kept me honest i said 12 15 people have finished it and yeah it's just absolutely bonkers it's, it's, it sounds good though the, the fact that you've got to go out into into the into mountains and collect them Books, whatever race number you got, you got to collect that that page for that. That's that's a great idea. That's brilliant. I love, I love that. The, I love the concept of it. I just wish yeah. it wasn't a hundred miles <laughs> yeah. stretch. If it was just like ten miles <laughs> round some hills in Sheffield, I'd be all over it. Yeah, yeah. I might have to set that up, mate. That'd be great. That'd be a great idea. The UK Barclay Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make it a ten k, though, lads. <laughs> Yeah, set our bars as low as always. <laughs> but yeah, how cool is that? Yeah, that's just happened. That was two weeks ago. So keep yeah, your yeah. eyes open next year. There's a guy who uh, tweets about it. And they're just dead generic. It's just random. Is it Keith, Keith Dunn, is it, Jack? Yeah, Keith Dunn. Keith Dunn, he just, he just every year just tweets about it. And it's like, so-and-so's finished, first lap, second lap. And it's like the most mundane. It's like, it's like yeah. the <laughs> manager, you know, the text scrum. <laughs> it's like, just what's this for, like, 48 hours because like they're running but it's amazing anyway Black the marathon big well done to everyone who took part not just jared campbell and luke nelson everybody who uh who, who even went out and, and tried it it's well beyond my sphere of thinking but amazing yeah, the story behind it's really good as well i uh i'm gonna have to look into that one not, not to not to do it though <laughs> No, I'm not interested in that in the slightest. Um, I be like running flat. Um, so it's been pretty exciting while we've been gone. We've missed yeah. an important couple of weeks because we've races also races are happening. Races mm. are happening. It's going it's off again, man. Yeah, we've had the we've had the Great Britain Marathon trials. Mm-hmm. At Kew Gardens. Very exciting. Yes, sir. They were at Kew Gardens. You've done your research, Matthew. Well, That's the only thing I know. <laughs> uh, well, let's get Jack on then, because we don't want this to be awkward otherwise. Because Jack, Jack loves his racing so much so that he's made he's made a four page report on it that no one's ever going to read. But Jack, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Little nerdy Jack's here. Little nerdy Jack's. It was good though, wasn't it, man? Because so this is just just for anyone who doesn't know. This, the, the, these trials are for places the, in the British Tokyo Marathon place. They also did the road walking um, mm, uh, yeah. as well earlier in the day. But uh, we're talking specifically about the marathon race. So for the men and the women, there, there were two qualifying criteria. So you had to run a, a qualifying time, which Jack was what, about two and two, a half for the women? Uh, yeah, 2.11.30 for the men and 2.29.30 for the women. 
It was indeed. And you had to finish first or second. Yes. Yeah. So the women's race went kind of as expected, didn't it? So Steph Davis won. Mm -hmm. She got a qualifying time. The controversy, though, lies in that there wasn't the second place finisher didn't get a qualifying time. So they don't automatically get a place. So you had uh, Lucy Partridge, Natasha Cockrum um, came very close. Natasha Cockrum gutted for her because she she won the British title at London, didn't she? Yeah, and I think a lot of people thought she would get it. And then obviously, like you said, Lily Partridge, she DNF'd. But there were so many people that could have got it because there was like Charlotte Perdue and Jess Piasecki, I think her name's pronounced. They were both injured, so couldn't be there. So it was all up for contention for the women, um, I think there was probably three or four runners there who probably could have got the spot, but they had like a bunch of six till at least halfway, whereas the men were a lot spread out. So the women's race was really exciting to watch. Because they were all running quick times as well. Like, yeah, unthinkable were. times. Super speedy. Like, it, mm. unimaginable. Like, it, it, I think it's quite easy, isn't it, when you, you see the men's time and then you see the women's time, you think, oh, there's like 20 minutes between that. And automatically in your head, you think, oh, it's slower. But two and a half hours to run a marathon is oh, incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so so really, that, that uh, but by the time this goes out, they'll have selected the remaining. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. I mean, like, the men's is selected, but women's is obviously, like we said, undecided at the moment. A, a place up for grabs, isn't it? So, yeah, so well done yeah. to Steph Davis. Looking forward to seeing her in, uh, in Tokyo. Um, but equally excited to see who gets that other, that other place. Mm-hmm. The men's race, though, man, was amazing so yeah. uh, let's give a, a bit of context for anyone who might not be an avid follower of, of um things that go on bbc i play at 11 o'clock on a friday morning um so the the big the big news was that our i, I don't know maybe I, I don't know i'm i'm not as avid of a race run marathon follower as you are jack but johnny meller is probably our shining star he's our hot shot isn't he he's yeah. the one that that everyone look, yeah other than callum hawkins i think like johnny meller probably was an almost certain going to get the time. But. Yeah, yeah, and he's out. He's mm-hmm. out. So, yeah, gout. And then you've got Callum Hawkins, who's already qualified. He's already got a place. He's probably the, the next contender. They're, they're the mm-hmm. two probably topping, best in class, yeah? Yeah. So then you had, the sto- the whole narrative was Ben Connors and Dewey Griffiths. So mm-hmm. you've got Ben Connors, who uh, already has uh, the qualifying time, but needs to finish first or second to get his place. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got Dewey Griffiths, who's not got the qualifying time. So he needs to get the qualifying time and he needs to finish first or second. Yeah, he so has to go out hard, sort so of. You, yeah, so you've got Dewey Griffiths, who's wanting a fast race. And you've got Ben Connors, who, you know, he'd love a four-hour marathon, wouldn't he, as long as no one goes past him. He'd love to just walk it. So, and then the real <laughs> twist is that Callum Hawkins is on pacing duty because he's got to prove that he's fit enough for his place. Yeah, exactly. So, he, so he's going to want to pace 30K at a decent pace anyway. Mm. But so, but the battle between Ben Connors and Dewey Griffiths, that's not what happened. That's not what went down, is it, Jack? No, I mean, I was watching it and there was a group of, I think it was four. So there was Chris Thompson, Ben Connor, Mohamed Adan and Dewey Griffiths all at the front until... 20k in chris thompson tailed off and i was like he's 39 years old that's it that's his career done he was 45 seconds back and if you think if you're 45 seconds back from someone they're doing five five minute mile in flat that's quite a chunk away you could only just see him in the distance and then 
Callum Hawkins dropped out of his pacing duties as as he would do. Cut to the camera of him getting an interview, and then I saw your message popped up and was like, "Well, that was gone on." Camera comes back. <laughs> Dewey Griffiths isn't there, so it's just Ben Connor and Mohammed Adan again. Mohammed Adan. It was his first ever marathon. Yeah, he's a, he's a Tem- he's a Thames Valley runner. No one expected him to be there. I thought. I thought, oh, he's gone off too quick. He'd be gone after 20K, but he was still there at the end. And then, lo and behold, we saw Chris Thompson coming through, the on-runner with Nike Alpha Flies. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> come, come, coming through, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? 39-year-old, just absolutely smashing it. Like, inspirational kind of stuff as well, the way he dropped off and clawed it all back in the space. Of, it was only the last 10K, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And Chris Thompson is going to Tokyo. And you know what I loved about it? I don't even know if he expected it because that when when he came over, it's almost it's great if you can find the clip of it. Also, we on BBC, mm. I think you can find a clip of Chris Thompson finishing and winning. Um, go and check it out because he comes through. He, he comes through the tape, and I think he starts by trying to be quite reserved. I think yeah. in his head he's sort of thinking, you know, I'm on BBC, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm representing Great Britain now, I've got my Tokyo place, I need to, and, and he, he has a couple of seconds where he's kind of like, you know, a little fist pump and he's like mm. a little wave, and then he just loses it, <laughs> he's like, come on! Yeah. He goes full Brian Blessed. Doesn't he just? Yeah, he, he does. does, mate. And he's just, yeah, fist pumping and... You know, throwing the bottle of water in the air, and oh, it was amazing, man! Exactly. It was so nice to see. Um, and he's just had he's just had a baby, Annie, last week. So what a week for him! Oh, baby, no. baby on Monday, I think it was, yeah, and then exactly. Friday he gets himself a place at thirty nine years old that nobody expected him exactly. to get. He's going and to the, Tokyo. The thing is, like, just on that as well, it was his fastest marathon he's ever he's ever ran. So he ran a marathon PB. The last time he ran. That like a PB was seven years ago, like to near that day. So it's just incredible what he did. And and I remember watching the post race interview. He was in tears. He was thanking his coach. He he didn't drop off because he was tired at the start. He dropped off because he knew that they would get tired because it was twelve laps of a sort of twisty course. And he was like, oh, I can't keep. So I think his experience showed through there because. Mm. And he used to be a track runner, so obviously he got his legs turning at the end and. It must have been those alpha flies because no one else was wearing alpha flies and Bammy went through. <laughs> there you go. That's it. There you go. It's still in it. It's still in it. You, you what need I, to get your yeah, well, to 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 commission. <laughs> <laughs> what I took from that is Jack dissing 39 year olds. We're, we're getting up to that age, mate. Oh. It's just, it the, just proves that 39 year olds have still got it in them, mate. Yeah. <laughs> he stormed past those youngsters. It's all about the 39 year olds now. What? What, what, what are you thinking, Matt? Four more years, then me and you are going to the Olympics. Is that yeah, what you're so, saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we've got a marathon later on in the year, Matt, so I reckon I'll see you storming past me in the last 10K. <laughs> yes. Chris, yeah. Tom, Chris Thompson style. It is alpha flies that he stole from yeah. your kit bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to shout uh, out uh, the, the, the women as well. There's a, a runner from my running club that's, uh, that finished yeah. third. Big yes. shout out to her as well. So yeah, yeah uh, Rosie Edwards. Uh, I think she yep. trains in the US, but she runs for the uh, Rotherham Arias, bless her. So yeah, well, Arias. Yeah, yeah, she she, she, got P, she got PB two thirty one fifty six, and and I'll just like say on that as well. Becky Briggs, who's only nineteen years old, ran a two thirty eight fifty eight. So I think it's good for English run. Well, great British running if a nineteen year old's running that time. Absolutely. And then and then last but not least, of course, we didn't mention it. Ben Connors, of course, held on for second place. So well done to him. Uh, also going to Tokyo. I'm Mohamed Adan finishing 
your first ever marathon, what was it, two eleven thirty or something like that? Yeah. It was, it was like a, it was like a minute outside of qualifying time. Incredible. Um, I tell you what, lads, we've. We've talked about running for 15 minutes. I know. It's not us, pro- that, is it? A proper we've not, running podcast. We've not made a dad joke. There's not been a story about pooing in the woods. Um, we've not done a would you rather. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know what people are going to say. Are, are people going to be into this? They'll be switching off, won't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is I not think- what I signed up for. Yeah. Say something ridiculous. Um, I nearly went to Brian Blessed again. Then. I started and then I clawed myself back and thought, you've done enough blessing, bro. That, plenty of blessing. You've hit, you've hit your blessed threshold for now. Just calm you down. Blessed you bless it out. You bless it out. So maybe we should uh, get over and talk to Nick Butter, I reckon, guys. But yeah. uh, hear what he's got to... Oh, I'm gone. My, my phone's going. That's very professional when you're in it. Uh, hello? Hello, lads. Stop, my John! Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good, lads. How are you both? How are you both? Uh, yes, yeah, oh, very good. well, thank you. How, how's the round-the-world tour going? Oh, here we are. It's just begun. Uh, but I have something to tell you. It's so, it's always been my dream to visit New Zealand, lads. Always. Oh, lovely country. Nice. Mm. Especially Auckland. They filmed my favourite film there with the battles and uh, the fight scenes. Do you know the one? The Riggs. Harry Potter. Okay, carry on. Harry Potter. I'm a huge fan and they do great fish and chips there, so I thought, right, that's where I'm going, first of all. What do you mean? Great fish and chips? Yeah, they're known for it. No, that's okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, so yes, yeah, so 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 you're in you're in New Zealand then. Well, lads, I uh, I booked the ticket. I'd had a few beverages, and I find myself in Bishop Auckland in Durham. Sorry, lads, I just had a bit of a burp there. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm in Durham, and it's not all bad. I've been watching the uh, Durham City RFC play. They're a good game, and uh, I've had some fish and chips, so it's not too bad. It's not, is, is Bishop Auckland just as famous for its fish and chips as actual Auckland? Oh, I think more so, now I'm here. <laughs> it's, a short, it's a shorter flight as well. I told you, lads, how I'm getting around. I can't remember. Uh, no, no, you haven't, because I believe that you'd... I, I thought you'd have struggled to have got a passport, wouldn't you, seeing as how you're, you're off radar? Well, lads, I've been making them. <laughs> uh, of course you have. Of course you have. Um, and how's that been going? It's good. I've got someone's identity, and uh, each time I fly around, I'm going to use them. So this week, I am Jordan Moat Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Jordan will be honoured and a little bit concerned. This is good, though. This is good. So you'll be you've been taking people's identities, you've been using it so you can get around. Matt, I think we can. Can we come up with some kind of theme tune for this? Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, ID. ID taking an taking ID. I've got one. I've got one. Hit us, Matt. 
Take my ID. Take ID. Was that off yeah. par? No. <laughs> Completely original. It's original. Probably. Matt's original. How, how we don't get sued, I have got no idea. <laughs> right, so, uh, Statman John, uh, Durham. Uh, so, how good... Where, can you tell us where you're off to next, or is that still under the radar? No, I can't do that, because uh, someone might follow me, meet me there. So I'll always tell you when I'm in the place, yep. just about to leave. Okay, okay, good. Anything else planned while you're in Durham? Uh, that's it, to be honest. So I'm going to watch this football game, uh, watch them train, and that's it. Then I'll be did, off. Did you say it was Durham RFC? Yes. That's rugby, Statman John. I'll be honest, I don't know who I've been watching. <laughs> I, think, I, think she, I think he's been too busy looking for, his, for a Harold. That's why, why he's not yes, watching it. Yes, yes, any sign of Harold, Statman John, in Bishop Auckland? Not here, no. I've looked around, put, put a couple of signs up, but I can't see him here. Right, OK. Well, um, OK. Well, I will let you get back to your rugby slash football game, Statman John. Enjoy the wonders of County Durham. And um, we will uh, hopefully speak to you soon. Yeah, lads. See you soon. Take care. Ta-ra. Bye. Right, so he's still in the bloody country then. <laughs> Wrong flight. What a dip. <laughs> what a dip. Like, do you not think he'd have got suspicious when the flight was 30 minutes long? <laughs> I thought it was a time, time capsule or something. It's a time, time travel machine. <laughs> Absolutely uh, useless, isn't he? Blessing. Jolly good fun. Uh, hopefully, at least, at least he entertains us. Eh? <laughs> well, mate, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, a couple of other people as well. Um, but we'll hear from him, I'm sure, next week, and, and hopefully, he'll get a bit further away from Durham. Um, so, uh, we need to get over to Mr. Nick Butter, don't we, sir? Really excited for this one. You've had a little listen, haven't you? What do you oh, want? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I know we're going to talk a little bit about it afterwards, but yeah, it's, what an amazing bloke he is. Living the dream. Living the dream, mate. We were saying that, weren't we? Living mm. the dream. Not that I envy his life, <laughs> but I envy his life. <laughs> I want um, to be Nick Butter. <laughs> I want to be in so many ways. We've all got a man crush on Nick Butter. Um, so we'll talk more about the chat we won't ruin it for everybody we'll talk about it in a minute so uh, i'm going to get jack to load up the uh, uh the interview and we'll get onto that in just a second but before we do do you remember how back in february matt we had our 1000 follower giveaway yes yes on instagram yeah yes. and do you remember how we worked we with a few different companies and they very kindly donated prizes they certainly did yeah uh now we've spoke to some of the companies and you'll have heard someone in the last series as well about maybe working together, collaborating and getting some exclusive discounts for the What The Fat Like listeners. Yes. So I've got another one for you to kick off series three. Yep. Well, what do you know about building fitness, Matthew? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, what I know about building fitness is you maybe do a, a, a photograph for Instapage. <laughs> For the giveaway. Yes. I, I did make you do a photograph for the interspeech. Um, so Build and Fitness, I've, I've got a Build and Fitness running belt. They're amazing. So a really great accessory. Uh, unisex, men, women can use them. And they're just a different take on storage while you're running. So, you know, yeah. the old, old armbands that are uncomfortable. Oh, they're awful, circulation. Um, You know, those old clip 
bum bags that fall down after three weeks because they get stretched out, right? Yes. Nothing like that at all. So fits all sizes uh, of phones. Uh, it's got an internal key safety clip. You can run in it, jog in it, walk in it, hike, cycle, go to the gym, stretchy, snug to body fit, safe, secure, reliable. It's 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 amazing. And they are super, super affordable as well. Uh, they're lightweight, they're comfy. You will not even notice you've got it on mat. Um, and mm. I'll tell you what, you'll never go back. Yeah, the, the the belt I've got is all stretched out, like you said, so I think I might have to invest in one of them. Well, I'll tell you something. If you go into, before you do, how's, about, how's about you tell them I sent you? Go on, then. Right. So head over to www.buildandfitness.co.uk. Yeah? Yeah. But get your belt in your basket. At mm-hmm. checkout, use the uh, the code WHATTHEFARTLEK. Oh, nice. Get 15% off. How about that? Oh, lovely. Another cheeky discount code for people. Another cheeky discount code for people, yeah, because we're just, we're, we're like Robin Hood. <laughs> uh, not that we're Robin from the rich, we're Robin from Build and Fitness, who are a great local company. <laughs> but they're, they're willing to give us 15% off, so let's not bite the hand that feeds. Uh, yeah. What do you reckon? Brilliant, yes. Awesome stuff. Yeah, amazing. So yeah, get over to www.buildandfitness.co.uk if you're in need of a new running belt. Um, and uh, use the code what the fart like 15% off. Tell them we sent you, you will not regret it. Great stuff. With that being said, Matthew, should we get over and have a chat with Mr. Nick Butter? Yeah, let's do it. Right then, everybody, a brand new series, brand new guests, and brand new inspirational stories. And we are starting big. The guy I'm about to introduce to, I am probably underselling if I call him superhuman. His website lists him as an endurance athlete, motivational speaker, and author, but he's also the first and only person to run a marathon in every country in the world. And I am not exaggerating when I say that that burly scratches the surface. So much to get to, so I'm going to stop flapping my gums. If you don't know him already, you go into it in about half an hour's time. So, uh, Nick Butter, how are we doing today, man? I'm great, Rob. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, we're looking forward to, to chatting all things running. Yeah, brilliant. No, thank you. Uh, so, we'll, we'll fire straight into it because I know you're a busy man and I just want to get to some some stories from the amazing things you've, do, you've been doing. So, um I mentioned just before we got started that we always like to start these chats in the same place. You know, the common thread that binds us, of course, is running. Um, uh, how did you first get into running? What What are kind of your early memories of of, of, of getting involved in, 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 in endurance running? Yeah, I think, I mean, endurance running, I suppose, is uh, on a scale, isn't it? When you're younger, endurance means a few miles. And then mm. as you get a little bit better at it, the, the, it lengthens and just keeps lengthening and that's kind of where we are now but uh, as a child I was incredibly shy and almost quite insular and so you know academically as well I was dyslexic and I couldn't read and write properly and so I, I used sport as a as a youngster as an outlet for a kind of just freedom of expression and, and joy and, and everything that kids do with sport but it became a little bit more than that for me um, I I was fortunate enough to join the under 19 uh, snow sport uh, GB team, so I was a skier, um, and that was that was my that was my absolute life. You know, all of my friends back at school don't know me as a runner; they know me as a skier. Um, but really, I was <laughs> I was British. I probably wasn't quite good enough. Um, I say British because we haven't got any snow, so that kind of is a bit of a letdown. Um, yeah, it's a bit and, of a bother, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and uh, and I thought, yeah, what well. You know, running was something I'd always done. You know, I, I did my first 
marathon when I was 11 um and wow. that was brutal but it was it was something that I just love running and it was such a great outlet and I just whatever walk of life whenever I was in the office when I was at school whenever I was into tennis whatever it was I would always run as well um and then after a while I got better at running um started to run a bit further started to do some races I think most people and most of your listeners will appreciate that there's the the kind of the cycle of you start running to maybe get fit or to better yourself and then you start to run for com- competition like to compete mm-hmm. with yourself and then you start to compete others uh, against against other people and then you kind of start to get into bigger races and then run further uh, and for me it got I got much better at running further than I did at getting quicker and so I don't class myself as a great runner at all and I, I'm not trying to be modest. I genuinely, I'm, I am just a runner that loves to run long distances. Um, and a, a great example of that is my my headmaster back in middle school. He uh, he put in my PE report because he also took me for PE, uh, and he said word for word, Nick is not a natural runner. So I think he, uh, I think he, I think he kind of had me sussed right back then. And I'm actually still friendly with him, um, and. Uh, and he's kind of said he's eaten his words but I think he's probably right I just kind of loved it and I think with being a bit shy and a bit dyslexic meant that I had to try harder at stuff and I think that probably has given me a little bit of a leg up in terms of getting my head down and being a bit better with endurance um and so so that's where it all started I went into skiing I then ditched skiing because uh, running and work and real life kind of took over I had my parents kind of saying well you know, it's a young man's game. You should probably get on with some real jobs. And then I went into finance, went into banking, um, topped up the bank balance, but was slowly degrading my soul. Um, mm-hmm. And yep. so I used running as an escape and I ran more. And then I had a few opportunities where brands were saying to me, you you know, come and run this race for us or we'll sponsor you to come and run in the Caribbean or come and go and do this. And I had to say no so many times because I was working and then something just yep. didn't fit quite right, you know, and uh, and then you know long story short i then entered you know, several big races and one of them was was the marathon de saab and that was a a brutal race a race that i i wasn't expecting to be like it was but at mm-hmm. the same time um it it did definitely change the course course of the rest of my life yeah absolutely no, and a really good segue there we talked about marathon de saab i think we talked a little bit just before we started recording didn't we about about it as a race we had we had fiona oaks on last series talking about her mds journey and it's one of those events that is in equal parts to anyone who's, who's not done it and, and and observes it it's in equal parts or inspiring as terrifying i think is probably the the best way to describe yeah. it and and how? So, I mean, you said it. You said the experience wasn't quite what you expected it to be. And and I know that, in, in from a life changing perspective, it, it led to you meeting Kevin Weber, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But just just to loop back around on to MDS, just just can you give the guys a little bit of a flavour of, of how that experience panned out for? Yeah. You? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. So the a lot of people, I think, go into the desert race either thinking that um, they're going to do really well or they're going to really suffer. I went Mm -hmm. into it kind of feeling like I was going to do really well because I trained so hard for it and I wanted to finish top 20, which was super ambitious. And looking back, had things not gone wrong in other ways, I still don't know whether that would have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and just, you know, cutting to the end of the race, we were having the the, the meal at the end uh, with everybody that takes part. I was happened to be sat sat, sitting next to the guy that organized the 
the the British cohort of which I think there's about four or five hundred of, of British guys out there doing it. And uh, he said, "Oh, did you enjoy it?" Uh, and I just said, "No." Uh, and I, I said, "I said it with absolutely no humour whatsoever." I said, "No, that was horrible." Um, and honestly, I think it's probably one of the most unenjoyable races I've ever done. And yet it is one of the most powerful. Um, yeah. And so I went into that race wanting to finish top 20. I actually ended up finishing 300 and something. Um, and I'm actually very proud of that because on the long day, I, I broke my ankle. Um, I was about to say you suffered a pretty yeah. significant injury, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, exactly. I broke my ankle and uh, I was, you know, the helicopter came come down and, and tried to take me out of the race. But I actually, um, uh, instead, I, I found some crutches and I managed to just crutch to the end. And it was an enormous moment of solidarity with my, my tent mates. If anybody that doesn't mm-hmm. know the race, it's, you know, it's, it's a week long racing in the Saharan Desert in Morocco. And you're in tents with seven other people that you've never met in camel hair bivouacs uh, with sandstorms every night. Wake up scraping the sand out of your mouth. And then you then, you know, you, you go from one foot to the other generally not not really enjoying the painful blisters that you've got on your feet in 50 degree heat carrying all the stuff on your back so it gets hard um and so in that race I met Kevin I'm this guy was 49 at the time he was in my tent never met him before and he was very happy like this bubbly uh, almost over flamboyant guy and I then he just dropped the bombshell on me that he had terminal prostate cancer and that he was only potentially only going to live for two years. And what that did for me was make me sit up and be very grateful for, for, for my position, but also listen to his words quite intently. And uh, and he said to me, don't wait for a diagnosis. You know, amongst lots of the other stuff we were talking about, his, his specific phrase that sticks with me was don't wait for a diagnosis. And what he was alluding to is, you know, we are so lucky, so fortunate, so um just we have no idea how lucky we are generally and he said look when you're told you're going to die you realize the value of life and and I realized that that's what he meant by those words and this guy was living every day as if it was his last because it could have been and uh it really gave me a kick up the backside to to actually do what I ultimately wanted to do which was more than I was doing I just didn't know it um and I think Kevin was the tipping point and all of my life I'd had friends, family, friends of friends, friends of family that that pushed me a little bit further to, ed, towards that cliff of adventure. And then Kevin was the one that pushed me over the edge. And I went, you know what, I'm going to do something a bit bigger, a bit crazy. And I'm going to raise some money for Prostate Cancer UK. Kev's given me this message. I'm doing it for him. Uh, what shall I do? And that's when the kind of the idea of running, uh, running a marathon in every country was was eventually born. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's it, it's brilliant, isn't it? Because I think I think some people may look at the things that you've accomplished, and it can be so far away from someone else's fundraising journey. You know, it might be oh, I'm going to run five k a day for a month, for example. But mm. ultimately, there is always that that common denominator, isn't it? Where if you find no matter what you're going to do, you're going to achieve. If you find something yeah. that you want to do it for, if you find that passion, if you find that motivation, then we can, in, in our own sphere of reality, we yeah. can all accomplish incredible things, can't we? Absolutely. If you if you want something enough and if you want it for the right reasons, you know, I think there's a really great phrase that Elon Musk said quite recently. Uh, he said, so many people make lists of what they want to achieve in life. And he was talking, I can't remember the exact words, but he, he basically said, that if you just have one 
dream it should be what you want to be known for when you get to your deathbed what do you want to achieve by that point and he yeah. said you know it's not about money or any of this stuff it's about revolutionizing uh technology and, and all this stuff and, and i thought you know what that's absolutely right and i yeah. and i just wanted to to run and do good and so you know i'm really fortunate that we have now a team of 15 of us that work with what we call the 196 group which do all of our uh, community stuff to all of our environmental things to all of our non-profit stuff uh, and we work to make all of my running expeditions doing some good out of it and you know when we started running the world I didn't even know how many countries there were I had no idea how much <laughs> money it was going to cost we didn't have the money to do it um, I have apps I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into um, I would just encourage everybody and I do when I speak in schools especially that whether it's you want to be a potter or a poet or a singer or a dancer or a racing driver, whatever it may be, or if you just want to spend more time with your kids, if you want to do something, then you need to make time in your life to do that uh, yeah. and give it, give it a go until it happens, you know, um, and endurance running, as your listeners will know, is a great, great example of how you just keep putting one foot in front of another until you, yeah. until you achieve the dream. And that was exactly what running the world was for me. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And on a quick side note, uh, Prostate Cancer UK, incredibly worthy charity. Actually, our, as a podcast, chosen charity of the year that we're supporting. And you are comfortably in the six figures in terms of the amount of money you've raised for that charity. So you're doing something right. <laughs> um, let's talk yeah, running yeah. the world then. So where did that concept come from? What what was the spark? Can you talk to me about some of the, the logistics, the planning, the challenges? You know, how yeah. do you go from naught to I'm going to run every country in the world? <laughs> Good question. I think it was Kevin's fault, really. And I remember conversations with him and my parents saying I kind of feel responsible. And he was. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it was it was basically he said to me, look, what do you really want to do? And I kind of made a list of, well, I love photography. I love running. I love travel. I love meeting people. And it would be really cool to get a few world records. And so he said, you know, you don't have to be kind of um, philanthropic with everything you do. It could just be what do you want to do and then go after it. So, you know, what? that's mm. what I want to do. I want to take photos. I want to meet people. And then I sat down, you know, on Google and thought, right, what can I do to raise some money for Prostate Cancer UK? And, and I Googled, you know, running in every continent. I thought about can I run around the world? What, what, what could there be? And I wanted it to be very global so I could take lots of pictures and experience mm -hmm. the world. Um, and I googled, has anybody run a marathon in every country in the world? Um, and to my surprise, nobody had. And honestly, at the time, I just thought that can't be the case. Somebody must have done. We put people on the moon. Like, mm -hmm. come on, we must have done that. <laughs> and I now realise why that why that hasn't been done <laughs> because it was so blooming difficult. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, yeah, it, it, it. I mean, speaking as somebody who hasn't even looked at it you just it's mind-boggling isn't it have like i don't even know the, where to the, go with that but the logistics the logistics were you know the the running itself was genuinely the easier bit because yeah. you know getting to planes on time making sure i had the right visas and i can't tell you how many times i arrived at an immigration desk half asleep and they say to me you know where are you coming from and i could not answer them you know i was doing three countries and three marathons a week every week for nearly 100 weeks and right. i i had to just constantly be on the move fighting food poisoning kidney infections i was peeing blood i was mugged i was shot at i was putting a cell i had a minor heart attack i was hit by a car <laughs> pretty much everything that could have gone wrong went wrong yeah. and yet it was a case of just keep on keeping on um 
and with a lot of help from when I say a lot of people, I'm talking literally thousands of people all over the world. And that wasn't just a, oh, yeah, we'll give you a pat on the back and send you on the way. These people, when I say thousands, these thousands of people were absolutely fundamental in making the journey happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have thanked them by putting all of their names in the back of in the back of the book um because it, it meant so much to me and and if i could sum up a whole journey in in one word it would be it would be people because people made made that trip not only possible but enjoyable and, and memorable and something i will tell hopefully my grandkids and my kids and their kids for forever mm-hmm. um and and yeah give you a little bit of a snippet of how much went wrong you know we thought we would need about 220 flights to get around to every country right um we thought we'd need about three passports um, of worth of visas and bits and pieces to juggle. Yep. We actually ended up taking 455 flights wow. and I filled up nine passports. So wow. that gives you a bit of an idea about how much we, we underestimated the journey. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I, guess, I guess the big thing for that is that because it was 96 weeks I've got here. So 674 days worth of, of yeah. traveling, running. It, this It's not just a simple case of plan it logistically in the first instance and then see it all transpire you are yeah. you you are spending two years thinking on the fly making amendments yeah. changing things getting the knockbacks yeah, i mean yeah, were, yeah. Were, were there times yeah, when you were thinking this might not happen this is just going to all fall apart oh many times and and there's it's on a on a sliding scale i suppose you kind of think oh this is not going to happen and then you think this really we cannot do this now and the people that are close to the trip will tell you just how much we genuinely didn't think we would be able to get to that finish line because i was refused visas we had 60 or 80 plus flights that were cancelled countries were not letting me in at the right time even just linking up countries in the pacific islands of which there's 14 of them some of which you just cannot see on a map until you zoom into the exact right point because they're so tiny um and and then you also just assume that you you know you can go from one country to the next to the next to the next, and then once you throw in their war zones, political volatility, the the way in which countries are falling out with one another, even though they're ne- maybe neighbours, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the amount of times I had phone calls in the middle of the night saying you have to get to the airport now because it's the only flight for the next three days and they've cancelled yours tomorrow, um, and I you know you literally just have to go, um, and so. I, yeah, I can't begin to describe the I'm so proud of the team and you know my parents who were heavily involved in the trip and uh and my assistants and my everybody that helped it was just such a team effort um and I think the essence of running and the running community kind of all pulled together and the 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 world absolutely made the journey happen yeah well, I mean you've talked a lot about the um uh, the lows I guess of which you know the, 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 there were many and, and lots of difficulties and adversity that you faced which you know is a really real snippet into it you know it's not all it's not all sunshine and rainbows is it but are there any kind of and i know you've also talked sorry about the you know the, the overall positivity of, of the support that you've been given and the amazing yeah, people yeah. that were on the journey with you but are there any kind of without giving too much away because of course the big the big plug at the end of this is going to be this is all documented in the running the world book but are there any kind of specific moments or stories that just stand out as wow that's i'm i'm lucky that i was able to experience that Oh, there's so many. There's, I think, on each end of the spectrum. You know, the, the the difficulties were there, but also, you know, running around beautiful erupting vo- volcanoes, uh, running around the, one of the mo- one of the only um, 
uh, freshwater shark lakes in the world, uh, running with thousands of school kids in El Salvador, uh, making friends that I've now actually have formally involved with some of my foundations who I met out in Guatemala, um, you know, watching the whales breaching out of the ocean as I run past, uh, experiencing hospices in Central Africa, children's hospitals, uh, cancer rehabilitation wards, um, you know, radio interviews in multiple different countries, doing huge press conferences, running with presidents, um, trying to pick pick a few of them are so impossible, difficult. Isn't it? impossible. Um, you know everything from being up in the nepalese mountains with you know covered in leeches and being in this huge monsoon running in the rain with these with these brilliant sherpas that were there running with me and it's just it's just so the the, the diversity of what i experienced was was brilliant um and it is all in the book and honestly i could talk to you about a thousand and one stories and there still would be more in the book yeah um because uh i had to cut so much out of it because there's so many to tell um yeah. but I, I i think the wonders of the world i had no idea how amazing the planet is and especially seeing it eyes seeing it through the eyes of a runner because as everybody knows you you see it at a great pace and in a great mood because of your endorphins and everything the body is doing for you um and so combine that with the with the kindness and selflessness of the of the people's of the people of the world it's um it's astonishing uh yeah so we uh, i'm just trying to pick a few of the the great highlights um there's just too many uh i had a i actually had a very very interesting moment with a with a cheetah um <laughs> out in namibia um, yeah. i i got a brilliant video actually which will be in the documentary which is out on netflix later on in the year um and i uh i have this moment where i'm out in the wilderness in namibia middle of nowhere and i'm with a, a guide who has a gun over his shoulder to protect us but he's gone completely in the other direction i've no idea where he is <laughs> and i'm just wandering around and uh i hear this 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 noise in the bushes just off to my right and i freeze and i think okay it's probably a snake or maybe a little i don't know a, a, a mouse or something and i turn and it is a pretty hefty cheetah wow. within no more than three feet or like a meter from me mm. and i just for quite a while, I don't know what to do because the guy said to me when he went off with his gun, he said, "If you see anything, just just call me." <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't do that at that point, and so I froze. I got my phone out and thought, right, well, if I'm going down, I might as well video it. Let, let's film and, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and amazingly, absolutely amazingly, he uh, the, the cheetah just crouched down into almost a stalking position and literally walked straight towards me sniffed a bit and walked straight past my my wow. knee literally brushed past me um and i'm so grateful that that cheetah wasn't hungry because it could have gone in any direction um and so that was a moment that was scary but also absolutely magnificent you could smell and hear the you know hear a breathing it was just unbelievable yeah and, and i think that that probably is quite reflective of, of of i would imagine the experience on a whole that this is the real world that you're seeing isn't it this isn't a tour guide book this isn't um location 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 you're seeing the reality yeah. of all these yeah. countries it's probably the opposite it's, it's the opposite of location location, location. <laughs> it was literally the, the, the all the bits you know i turn up at even like the airports you're seeing for real um because you have things like uh um 
the airport. So turning up at an airport, I've, many times I turned up and the airport was just closed, like completely yeah. empty, abandoned, looked like it was derelict. And then 10 minutes before the flight, they just open the door and you just walk straight onto the plane. And honestly, yeah. it's you think, what? Hang on a minute. And you just realised how different the world is once you experience it like that. Yeah. Um, and and traffic jams and you know pigs walking in the street. Cam- I had pigs eating my shoes a couple of times because I left them outside. <laughs> Just the stuff that you don't put on your plan of this might no. happen in this trip, and then and then it does. And and another classic example: I ran on an entire marathon on a live runway in the Pacific Islands um, because uh, because the only the only land that is available on this in this particular country and um, is it narrow. Uh, it was Tuvalu, sorry, Tuvalu, a Pacific island in, in the Pacific. And uh, there was live, you know, there's planes landing. You just have to, they sound a bell and you get off and, and, and you do that. And the whole community used this runway as a football pitch, a cricket pitch, a volleyball. <laughs> a volleyball. And it's just, the, uh, you know, you have no idea it exists until you go there. Um, similarly with the likes of Syria and North Korea and Yemen yeah. and yeah. the places that feel a bit scary. So unbelievable. I'm, and, and the best bit about it all is I still got so much of the world I haven't seen, even though I've been to every country. So yeah. it's still pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And uh, so people can find out more about that. We'll, we'll, wrap, we'll loop around on it at the end. But Running the World, the book is available uh, now. And you said uh, documentary coming soon. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, anybody that wants to buy the book, I'd be grateful. It's it's uh, it's on Amazon. It's on it's by Penguin. Um, I, yeah. I love it because it's. Uh, I never thought I'd write a book, and now I'm I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah, brilliant. And just before we finish on the running the world stuff, uh, this doesn't have to be a detailed answer, but is there anything that you think you'd do differently if you could do it again, knowing what you know now? Uh, I yeah, uh, everything. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Top to bottom. <laughs> I think I think that honestly that is the, probably the most accurate answer. Nearly yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair. We'll we'll leave that there. <laughs> uh, right. So we came out of running the world. Uh, some people might say that that would be a good time to think. Well, oh, I've achieved. I've run in every country of the world now. I might might retire, have a rest. But that's certainly not your mo, is it? So, um, can you just tell listeners a little bit about your Italian Grand Tour and 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 the the hundred days of running that you did in Italy? Yes. So I was, you know, having seen the world, I then kind of used uh, used it as a as a recce, like as a scouting mission for where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that I want to go lots of other places. And so we had loads of things planned. We were going to go and run in the Malawi, uh, run north to south of Malawi, a, a country that I love in Africa. Um, and yet COVID happened. And so we thought, right, well, what can we do rather than and just sit and wallow um and italy was open available the first wave had gone and it was back open there was no restrictions um and we thought right you know what i'm going to run north to south of italy we can zigzag uh nikki my girlfriend and i live in our live in our converted van uh mm-hmm. full time and we have our little puppy and so we thought let's just go go over to italy run north to south slowly but surely zigzagging through seeing all of the best bits the dolomites the mountains the lakes the cities um and all the way down the amafi coast to sicily and finish in sicily for christmas day that was the plan um and we had 100 days and i set myself a goal of doing a marathon a day so 100 days 100 marathons uh and it was the most remarkable trip because what i thought was going to be a bit of a jolly um turned out to be a bit of a mission because it turns out 2600 miles in 100 days uh in italy during uh what then became more of a pandemic towards the end 
um, got really tough. Fortunately, we didn't have any proper restrictions, but abandoned Italy, basically. It was yeah. it was so empty when we were down in the south. Uh, and then we had things. I was hit by a car as well again, um, which was pretty brutal. And yeah. we just had horrendous weather uh, towards the end. But honestly, we look back at the photos and we just don't remember some of it because it went yeah. by so quickly. Yeah. Um, and and what I, the beauty of running the world is I now can just do the same thing we did in Italy in lots of other countries. And, and that's exactly what we're doing over the next few next few years. Brilliant. So almost like a bit of a platform, a tester for, for what comes next. A test. Exactly. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So talk to me a little bit then about the 196 Foundation. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. So the 196 Foundation, I started uh, from running the world 196, 196 being the amount of countries in the world. And I saw so much positive poverty and need, not just in the Central African countries and the, and the ones that you would also automatically assume, but everywhere from New York City with the homelessness uh, to Mongolia with people living out in the cold. There's just so many people that kind of need a leg up, whether it be big or small. And so I thought, right, well, what's a good way of being able to raise a bit of money and do some stuff long term that is sustainable, that isn't just dishing out a load of money? And so we set up the 196 Foundation as a what I'm kind of coining as a, a democratic donorship concept, whereby I ask the world to donate £1.96 per month or $1 or €1.96 per month um, from, from yourself to the foundation, which equates to just under £24 a year, which is obviously mm -hmm. not much at all. Nope. Uh, and then we collect that. As, as a as a big in a big pot and then once a year we then deliver one project to an individual a group or a non-profit somewhere else in the world that needs help so it could be a project that is building a school in uganda it could be a, a boxing gym for disabled kids in hackney it could be buying a wheelchair for somebody that you live next door to that you you, you want to help because they they need it um and so everybody submits their request to where the help needs to be and then we whittle those down to three and every year we then go out to all of the donors that have don donated their money and we say right it's your opportunity now to vote on which cause we support wow. and once that winner has been announced the following the following year when we deliver that project we then ask all of the donors and all of the friends of the donors if they have any skills that they can then help uh, deliver that project so whether it be if you're a builder you can come and help us build if you're a project manager, you can help us project manage. If you happen to know a company that we can get a discounted wheelchair. Um, and so what we're delivering is not only democratic through the donors, but we are being able to stretch every pound. From my, my career in banking, I've learned that rather than just go and buy a £3,000 wheelchair, it's much better spending yeah. a few weeks speaking to companies and trying to get three wheelchairs for the same money or better still getting one free. And so using connections, using people, using the kindness that I've learned from running the world to kind of spread a little bit further. And so the mission that we are actually starting on the 12th of April, very, very soon, mm -hmm. um, we are going to be relaunching the 196 Foundation with all of that. We've done all of the governance. Everything is ready. We're ready to accept donations uh, and hopefully people will get on board and, and, uh, and support, support what we hope is going to be a big, big foundation in the future. Amazing. And it is, and it, it is potentially, without sort of overselling it, it's potentially a completely revolutionary way to fundraise, isn't it? 
I, th- I think so, because it's, you know, it's still asking for little bits of money. But what I like about it is it's so small that even when everybody goes through the time when you think, oh, I probably need to get rid of some direct debits or can I really afford to do that? What I hope is that when people do sign up and donate and they're, they're giving one ninety six a month, when they do get a bit tight for money, I hope they go, actually, it's only two pounds a month, less mm. than two pounds a month. I can probably keep that on. And mm-hmm. then better still, they have a say in where we deliver that. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, you know. I think it's a good idea, but I just hope the rest of the world kind of get behind it. I, I, I really think we can do some good with it. So fingers crossed that when we launch in a, in a few weeks, um, it, will, it will go down well. Yeah, and if uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and if people want to, to, to learn more, is the best way through, through your website, through nickbutter.com? Yeah, or I guess by the time this is this is out, um, you can probably go directly to the 196foundation.com. Okay. The 196foundation.com. Yeah, the website is there. We're just ready to push push go live when when we're ready to to announce it. Yeah. Brilliant. And we'll make sure that all those details, uh, once they're ironed out and definitely up and live, are, are in our bio ready to go for you to direct people towards if they want to from listening. Um, so before we wrap up then, I know that you've got a lot of exciting things planned for the future, not just the relaunch of the foundation, but on your own kind of running journey as well. Are there any kind of tidbits or, or spoilers or hmm. little little nuggets <laughs> that you can give us for what's coming up? I'll give you a whistle-stop tour of the next few years. We've got most stuff planned all the way till 2024, believe it or not, because it takes mm-hmm. a while to plan this stuff. Yeah. Um, so 20, 2023, working backwards, is uh, um, is the, probably the biggest expedition I will ever take on. I can't say too much about it because it's mm-hmm. just been confirmed with sponsors, but I am going to be spending a long, long time running further than I ever have. Uh, and it's probably going to be the the biggest endurance test of my life. So that I'm very excited about that, but we can't say any more. The other bit, between now and then, um, we are running lots of north to south of different countries and circumnavigating different countries. So I can list them off. We're doing north to south of New Zealand. We are doing a circumnavigation of Iceland. We're doing north to south of Malawi. We're doing a circumnavigation of Bali. We're also doing north to south of Japan and uh, east to west of the Himalayas. Um, So that is all happening between now and July of 2022. And something that I am doing as of the 12th of April is I am going to try and break the world record for running around Britain. Now, it's a good time because everybody will be coming out of COVID just Mm -hmm. about a month before I'm due to finish. Uh, And so uh, all of the rules will be lifted as of the 12th of April. So I'm allowed to go and start that mission there's about it takes usually about 300 days for for people to kind of spend about 20 miles a day you know walking or running around the country mm-hmm. um and so i'm going to try and do it in 100 days which means doing 200 marathons in 100 days so two two yeah. marathons a day yeah but i don't know if i can do that mate we'll see Rob. <laughs> i was um, gonna say oh in- incredible yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great thing. Anybody that's listening, I will probably be uh, be running very soon after you hear this. Um, so if you want to get involved, send me a message, come and run with me. Uh, the country should be open and, and accessible by then. Uh, we're doing it to raise funds for the 196 Foundation. Uh, and it's about about five and a half thousand miles around the country over over 100 days. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm a little bit scared. I Understandably so. But yeah, definitely get people out of their front doors and either cheering you on or coming for trot with you as well i think would be amazing um 
I haven't got anything else, Nick, other than just to thank you so much for taking us on that whistle-stop tour of, uh, of all the amazing things you've accomplished, and it sounds like some, some great stuff in plan. Just to summarise then, so we have a the majority of our followings on Instagram, so you are at Nick Butter Run on Instagram, I believe? That, that, yeah, that's absolutely right, yeah, Nick uh, at Nick Butter Run, yeah. Brilliant, and uh, nickbutter.com is the website. You've got the 196 Foundation stuff as well. We'll pop in the bio. Uh, Amazon for running the world if people want to learn more about that incredible challenge. Thank you. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we no, go? I think, I, think, I think that's it. The only slight little thing to mention is that I'm really thankful to you, Rob, and everybody else that has podcasts or interview platforms where we can share about, you know, shout about what we're doing because without you guys then it would be very hard to get our message out there. So, Remember that you are a big part of, you know, through you, hopefully we'll get some donations for the foundation and mm -hmm. therefore helping. So don't underestimate that. So thank you to you, Rob. Um, and the the final bit I will say is that we are doing everything from now until potentially forever to support the environment. We have launched our uh, Free Your Footprint campaign, which basically means we are going to be giving away uh, for every single day of me running around Britain for 100 days, we are going to give away uh, a year's worth of carbon offsetting to an individual every day. Uh, wow. And so all you have to do is join our Free Your Footprint uh, Strava Club, just called Free Your Footprint. And we are doing really cool stuff uh, with loads of environmental third party partners um, to basically make all the all of the runners in the entire world environmental activists without them having to do anything else other yeah. than run. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's that's going to be really cool. And I'm, I've got some lovely volunteers that help me make that happen. So, um, yeah, that's that's on the cards as well. Love it, man. Love it. OK, brilliant. Well, I, I know you're a busy man, sir, so I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for speaking to us and, uh, and good yeah. luck with with all the big plans. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. Yep, uh, fingers crossed we, we get to the end of Run Britain in one piece and then we can look ahead to the rest. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Mr Nick Butter. Now, if you, if you guys didn't enjoy that listening, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> what, what an inspiration. <laughs> Smoother than glass, isn't he? Yeah, man. Like I said yeah. before, li living the dream, living out of his van. Oh. Out, no, no, no kids, no troubles. No kids. <laughs> Just no him, his missus, a dog, and running. And running. Amazing. Oh. Amazing. Oh. We all, you know what we've realised? <laughs> we've all come to this enlightened moment over the last week when we planning this episode that we all kind of fancy Nick Butter. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on the team, male, female, no matter, everyone is a bit in love with Nick Butter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what an amazing guy. Yeah. So so down to earth and humble as well. Some some of the experiences he's had. Like that that leopard he, he met, it just oh I'm gonna die here. That's it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Better film it. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Found, the, the one nine is it one nine six foundation? One nine six foundation, yeah, man. Yeah, like a, fantastic idea that. Yeah, brilliant idea. Mm. Yeah, what 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 an interesting and innovative way to uh, to to fundraise and really make people feel like they're part of it. I love it, yeah. mate. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm going to be signing up, and I would encourage other people to as well. You know, it's not a, it's not ninety six um, per month is is not much, is it? No, no, definitely would encourage people. And uh, and you know what? He's doing his UK running challenge. It's all been announced now. He told us on the show. Um, watch, watch, watch for Nick in a town near you. You know what I mean? And, and he said at the end of it, drop him a message and run with him and stuff. He's just down for it. Just love him. Just love him. <laughs> what a nice guy. Um, yeah, fantastic stuff. 
I'm sure we'll stay close to Nick's challenges and his antics as the series goes on. Uh, keep your eyes peeled in the next couple of weeks for his uh, run round UK uh, challenge, which is launching. Uh, but in the meantime, we have a challenge of our own, Matthew. Yes, it's the Make Matt Run Challenge. Challenge Matt, I'm Brian Blessed. <laughs> um, all right, that. Challenge Matt. Challenge Matt. How are you feeling about it, dude? Mm, good. Good. N- not good. <laughs> are you I'm. I'm quite a competitive person. Uh, I'm quite a stubborn person. So well, you don't. But you don't know. You don't know what these people are gonna. Are you? What are you expecting, challenge-wise? I don't know. It's just you. You said on the last last episode, didn't you, that it's gonna it could be random or whatever. It could be anything. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's to come. No. What's to come. Um, so, but here, here's a little, here's a little um, exciting tidbit. Evolution. Uh, the forfeits. Right. right. So here's what's going to happen. <clears throat> Jack is going to seal in envelopes, numbered mm. 1 to 11, right. our forfeits. Mm. And our forfeits, there's some doozies in there. Have we got it? Oh, do, do we know what they are already? Give you a couple, yeah. So there's everything from uh, having to uh, wash each other's car. Right. To uh, running an address. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to maybe, if you lose, having to run in a Sheffield United shirt. You... What? What? Who thought of that? Well, uh, it just seemed... Well, because it made you react like that, that's why I thought of it. But if I... If, if, you, if you beat me... I have to run in a Liverpool shirt, and I hate Liverpool. Yeah, but I, I, I don't want to swear, but I hate Sheffield United. Well, I hate Liverpool. Oh my god, it's gonna that be is oh. it's gonna be great. So, so here's what happens. Here's oh. what happens. Jack seals all eleven forfeits in an envelope. Right. Whoever wins chooses a number. Right. Envelope gets opened. <laughs> then got a week to do the forfeit. What do you reckon? Oh man, yeah, that's that. Oh Jesus, it's gonna be good in it. That that Sheffield United shirt's gonna. Oh, I'm gonna have to put pull, pull out all the stops to get that one. Oh no, so, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> we just had to top last month, last series, didn't we? So in case in case anybody is brand new to the show, I know that we do. We are prone sometimes to just going off on one and following off with the previous episode to give you a very very quick rundown. Challenge Matt, every single series, Matt and I go head-to-head in a challenge. It's normally a way of humiliating or making Matt do things he doesn't want to do. It's hilarious. Matt, so far, has answered every question that's been asked of him. Series 1, he beat me, 1-0. Series 2, he beat me, 2-0. I need a win. And so we've come up with this brand new idea called Challenge Matt. Every single week, one of our listeners is going to call Matt up and challenge him to do some kind of running, fitness or fun-related challenge. Through the week, Matt will accept and take on the challenge. We're normally going to be streaming them on Instagram, IGTV Live, and they will be available on YouTube to watch the video shortly after. Whoever wins gets to give the loser a forfeit. Mm. If Matt wins, I will take the forfeit on behalf of our listener, and we're going to have to do a series of embarrassing, humiliating, and hilarious things (laughs) as the weeks go by. There's going to be 11 challenges, and whoever gets the most gets the overall point and wins Series 3. Game on, sir? Game on. Virtual handshake? Handshake it is.
Oh, do you know if we don't get loads and loads of sponsors for having to wear an opposite team shirt for your Berlin Marathon attempt? I yeah. much know. Yes, yes. And if you do enjoy listening to the nonsense that we do, I am fundraising uh, for Prostate Cancer UK for Berlin Marathon. Great charity. Links in the bio. Please, please sling us a couple of pennies if you want to watch more of us getting humiliated. So I think we should get started, Matthew. <laughs> Who's up first? Who have I got to beat first? Well, you know, last series. Mm hmm. You know, we did the head-to-head, mm-hmm. and you had a team, and I had a team, and most miles won. Yes. We had to race each other. And do you remember you had a, a gentleman on your team by the name of John Pickford? John Pickford! John Pickup! <laughs> Who's John Pickford? <laughs> John Pickup. I, I apologise, JP. JP? Yeah, JP. What's his Instagram handle? Pamela, Pamela, yes, he dressed up like Pamela Anderson for uh, for our dress up week. Uh, well, he's betrayed you, sir, because he slid right into my DMs when oh, we put the call. He said, "You know what? I want to challenge that little idiot." He didn't did say that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That umpa lumpa's dead. He didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. He was very nice about you. Um, so he sent in the challenge. Should we have a listen? All right, nice one. Hello, Rob. Hello, Matthew. And hello to everyone in the Fartlek family. It's your good friend JP here. That's JP9Wishero on Instagram. And I'm delighted to be the first person to challenge Matt. I'm sure you guys will come up with a better intro than that, but it'll do for now. So yeah, I'm really happy to be the first person to be chosen for this new set of challenges. But in all honesty, I've got a bit of a split loyalty going on here. Because as a loyal team Matt member, the victorious team Matt from the first set of challenges might I add, woohoo! I'm not sure how I feel about going against our fair leader. I think my competitive edge will take me through this one. And Rob's also threatened me that if I don't win this one, I'll be doing the forfeit, which is spurring me on even more. So, yeah, bring it on, I guess. So, on to the challenge itself, Matt. Are you up for this one? The challenge is, how many press-ups can you do in five minutes? So, you've got five minutes to do as many press-ups as you can. You can take breaks if you need it for your little arms. But, um, but yeah... Do you think you could beat me, Matt? Do you? I'm going to do some training now because I've got a PB of seven to beat. Um, But yeah, I think I can do a few more than that. So yeah, let's bring it on. I'm looking forward to it. So let battle commence. Push-ups. Push. (sighs) What, what, you American? Push-ups, press-ups, that's the same thing. Is it? I've seen my arms. Yeah, I have, mate. I have. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a little bit torn on this one. See, I'm not sure whether you're going to be good at it or not. Because on one hand, you've a lot of your body is your, <laughs> your, your, your body mass is not distributed over a particularly long surface, is it? So you're quite <laughs> dense, and therefore it's going to be quite hard to lift yourself up and down. That's what I'm hoping for. However. The flip side of that is you've not got very far to get to the floor because you've got tiny arms like a T-Rex. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Good points, that. Good points, mate. <laughs> I don't know which one I am myself, to be fair. Yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. Um, have you got a strap in mind? 
Uh, Five minutes is a long time. You're not really. Yeah, yeah. Right. Think it, I th- I th- do you know what? I don't. Should I give me strategies out or what? Hmm. No, I think I think slow and steady. Slow and, slow and steady. steady will mean if, if you go out too fast, you burn yourself out. I think so. Mm. You're gonna get that lactate burn in your arms. Yeah. Like, eat it. You are going <sighs> to eat it. Oh man, and this is going to be a, a, a live, is it? And it's... It is, it is. So, guys, watch this space. We'll be announcing this all um, on our social media. However, we are aiming for Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Live, live, live. I will and be... it's live. And it's live. Um, I will be your host, the hostess with the mostess. Um, and we're going to stream it. So we're going to have interviews with the participants beforehand. <laughs> we're making a whole big deal with this series, guys. Today, this series is the series that we expand beyond just the podcast. We're going to do more on YouTube. We're going to do more on Instagram Live. There's going to be more, 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 more from us, as if you didn't get enough of our annoying faces and voices already. Um, but yeah, so this Saturday, JP versus Tiny Taylor in the Battle of the Press-Ups. It's going to be good, isn't it? Well, for you it might be, but for oh, doing it, no. <laughs> worst, thing, worst thing that happens to me is I've got to do a forfeit. Yeah, yeah. But, but I still get to watch you have a terrible time. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> I, the, the only thing that's bothering me about the whole bloody thing is, is the forfeit, that four, one forfeit. That's all that's bothering me. I don't care what you have to put me through. <laughs> Just don't want to wear a Sheffield United shirt. No. Uh, Oh, it's going to be great. I'm super excited. Man. So tune in this Saturday uh, for the outcome of the Press Up Challenge. And then next Thursday um, on the podcast, on episode two, we'll be drawing the forfeit um, on the back of that, which, again, we'll, we'll live stream whoever has to do it. <coughs> so, yeah, sounds, sounds fan-bloody-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> right then, my brother. It's a brand new series. It is. Would have been old favourite of a segment. You got a good news story for me today, Matt. Yes, we certainly do. Uh, this one is is very close to home. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. Um, she kept it quiet all week. Uh, she didn't let anybody know. But your lovely lady wife, Sammy, has just been out this morning and smashed a 50k ultra. Uh, not much training for it. She's just gone out there with the sheer grit and determination that she has. Uh, and just just put just put her feet one foot in front of the other, and she's got it done just over six hours as well, which is an amazing, amazing achievement. So, well done, Sammy. We're all proud of you. Yeah, we we are, yeah, and I am particularly just in awe of yeah. of, of my wife every single yeah. day. But uh, yeah. she was gutted, uh, so she was meant to do a virtual marathon with some friends. It was some new people that she'd met through Instagram, through the running community. She was super excited to. Uh, to get out with people, but when uh, lockdown three happened and it was postponed, she couldn't make the rearranged date. Um, so she was pretty down on it. She didn't really want to do it. She won't mind me saying, you know, the yeah. reason she was doing it was was gone. So she didn't train for it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it's what not an advert. You know, don't don't do what she said. Uh, you know, don't do 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 as she says, not as she does. Um, you know, terrible idea. But she is the most stubborn woman I have ever met in my life. But the most <laughs> determined as well and oh my god yeah incredible just got out there seven o'clock this morning and did it uh, i went down with the kids we met her for a bit we had a little bit of a walk with her in between her running and of mm. course uh, you my fine fellow uh, went and uh, and nailed the last 10k you and your daughter you and cadence went and and, and did the last 10k with her didn't you to, to bring yeah. her home 
Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She, she, I'd say she enjoyed it, but yeah, she, she was struggling, bless her, in the last last few miles. But that that sheer grit and determination got got her through. So very Do proud mean, of her. To be fair, mate, she's downstairs now, and all I can hear every now and then is just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't think. What's up with you? Shut up, sir. Really? <laughs> <laughs> only run fifty k. Um, no, amazing. So not, not not only is she the better looking Hitchmo, she's also now the furthest running Hitchmo. Yes. Yep, yep. I've never run further than a marathon, so she is now clocked the longest distance in a single run of all the Hitchmos, as well as being miles out of my league. You're, so you're obsolete now, mate. So, <laughs> Sammy, you are my hero every day of the week, but this week you are our hero of the week, and we salute you, my love. Salute lover. you. Well done. Right then, so I think it's time for us to wrap up episode one. I don't want to, though, Matt. I have loved being back on the air with you, sir, and with you, little Jack. Um, it's been it's been good, it's good to be back it's, here. Uh, yeah. Great to get back to it. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, we've got so much exciting stuff planned. We cannot wait. Big things are coming for what the fartlek. Not just as a podcast, but as a brand. Uh, we can't wait for you to be part of it. We can't wait to share it with you. A um, couple of thank yous before we get out of here. Um, thank you, as always, to Graham Lindley for our amazing theme music. Uh, he's the man. Check him out. Mm-hmm. All his links are in the bio. Um, he he does loads of like cool lockdown acoustic sessions and stuff. You should uh, go and have a look at him. Who else we got to say thank you to Matt? Yeah, Nick Butter for coming on, giving his giving his free time up up to, uh, to chat to us. Yeah, he's a busy man, and so thank you to him. Uh, yeah, check. Uh, so at Nick Butter runs, uh, check buy his book on Amazon and check out the One Nine Six Foundation if you can uh, get yourself subscribed. It's a great charity, great cause, and a great way to fundraise effectively. <laughs> Um, yeah. Build Build and Fitness. Want to thank them guys for giving us the uh, discount code. So it's what the fartlek is the yeah. discount code, and is it buildandfitness.com dot co dot uk co dot uk. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. give them a follow. Get you grab yourself a a good deal. All the details are going to be in our bio as well. Uh, next week we have got Simon Grace on the show, uh, stalwart of Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. and Twitter actually he's, he's a pretty popular chap he is Simon run fat boy run you might know him better as uh, we know him as uh, awesome runner pretty inspirational been through a lot and dead dead honest as well he talks about the lows just as honestly as he talks about the highs and I think people are going to be able to relate to it it's going to be a really great follow up to Nick's awesome episode um, thank you to all of our amazing production team as well and thank you to you for listening and coming back Thank you for not leaving us. Um, if you want to give me a follow on Instagram, I am at Little Runner Boy Rob. Yeah, if you want to give me a follow, I'm at Matty Owls. Right, he's had a whole series break to try and get this right. Time to remember it. Not get it up. Yeah, I've been practicing. <gasps> Jack Penfold running. Was that Jack, good? No, at Jack Penfold running. You've got that at. And now he's frozen. So anyway, right. So <laughs> just leave it to it. Um, right. So uh, we're going to get out of here. May your runs be wonderful as we come to the end of lockdown. Please don't let it get you down, man. Be excellent to each other. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Yes. Ta-da.